Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, 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 uh, May 10th, 2021. What's going on? How are you? How are you, everybody? I hope you're doing good. I'm doing fucking great. I'm feeling great, man. I'm fucking, I, I, I'm flying on the simulator every day, doing ILS approaches. Having a great, I can't believe I fucking know how to do it. You know, I'm getting better at it. I'm holding my altitude. I'm tracking and intercepting courses. Um, I'm having a great fucking time. I'm actually kind of also getting, learning how to fly a plane because they don't have the helicopter one. So I've just been doing the plane one and uh, I'm starting to get it. It's kind of like, you know, these things are pretty fucking cool. And they also haul ash compared to a helicopter. Even the little ones, they fucking, you know, they're fucking hauling ass. Um, seems like a lot of fun, but you, I, I sat in a plane, uh, a little Cessna the other day, and God damn it, you can't see shit. Can't see a fucking thing. I mean, compared to a helicopter, it's just, you know, helicopter, it's like you're on a Ferris wheel, one of those little buckets, just <laughs> glass bucket. You can see everything. Just something I enjoy, that fucking... I used to think they couldn't see because of the, the, the hood, you know? But I got in, and I was like, no, there's all these fucking gauges and all of this trying to see over all this. I don't, know how, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. I'm going to stick with helicopters. But uh, I've been having a great time with that, uh, getting ready for my exam whenever the hell I take that, um, whenever my instructor signs me off. But I've been looking at my flashcards for an hour in the morning before everybody gets up. And then, you know, yesterday was uh, Mother's Day. Shout out to all the ladies out there, you know, who are moms, you know, only them. Okay. And I only want to hear from moms. I don't need fucking women who don't have kids telling me all of this. You have these fucking broads out there who aren't even moms and they start wagging their finger. It's like, I know what she did. I was there. Fuck are you talking about? You haven't done anything. What have you done with your vagina? Huh? Except have it peeking out under that skirt. Could maybe get a goddamn drink for free. Is that what you're doing? You're going to come over here and talk to me? An old bald orange man? I don't think so. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'll invent an argument. I will. I'll do it in a second. So anyway, um, my, I'm, I think my wife had a great Mother's Day. You know, I was watching the kids all day. I went out, I got her, uh, I went down, I tried to get her uh, what she has for, for breakfast and we showed up because it was Mother's Day. There was a fucking line like two hours long. Two hours. I asked the guy at the front, how long you wait here? The guy said, it took me two hours. I was like, Jesus Christ. So I texted my wife. I'm like, it's a two hour wait. She goes, yeah, fuck that. You know, because my wife's cool. So I went somewhere else, just got her a breakfast burrito. Um, put my son down for a nap. Played with my daughter, did all of that stuff, and uh, then my son woke up, and I was just back and forth, just running around, having an awesome time, and my wife just wanted to, you know, she wanted to sleep, she wanted to chill out, she wanted to watch The Office, and I did all that for the better part of the day, right up until like five, then she gave my son a bath and put him to bed, because she's awesome. Um, So, we'll see, we'll see what happens for Father's Day. You know, because now I'm thinking like, oh, shit, do I get to like fucking sleep and uh, do all of that shit? Uh, You know, because that'd be pretty fucking cool. Uh, (laughs) I already know what I want to do. There's a town out here. 
There's a town I know where the hipsters go called Bedrock. Twist, twist. Um, there's a town out here in L.A., and they have this fucking little area that I call the Triangle of Death that I want to go to on Father's Day. There's a barbecue joint, and right across the street, there's an old-school ice cream parlor, and then when you come back across the street, there's a fucking cigar bar. And I want to go bang, bang, boom. Little barbecue, fucking root beer float, and then smoke a little fucking shorty, right? Or maybe a fucking fat stick, whatever I'm feeling. And then just my first one since February, which I'm kind of afraid to do because I don't know if I want to start that butt up again. Uh, that's what I want to do. I want to go bing, bang, boom, you know? I just want a fucking, all I need is about three hours to make that happen. You know, to basically live a life like, you know, I actually have envy sometimes when I look at like people when they, they just, you know, like how Jackie Gleason lived his life. I was talking to somebody about that where you just like, you know, the doctor's like, Hey, you know, you better ease off on the red meat. And you're like, nah. I like steaks. Okay, I'm here. I'm eating steaks. And then one day when the steaks catch up with me and I fucking croak, that's it. There there is something to be said about that. I respect that as much as I respect, you know, calorie counting, staying in shape, and eating fucking edamame, you know, when you're 90. That's what I always did. I outlived all of them. You know? Yes, you did. So you got to respect both those ways of living. But uh, there is something every once in a while. I'm not going to lie to you. I'll watch my 600-pound life or something like that. And I go, you know, the last 300 pounds was sad, but those first 300 was a good fucking time. <laughs> you, you were having a fucking grand old time. I'll tell you, I ate like my 600-pound life this fucking uh, weekend. Uh, took my wife out to dinner. Oh, by the way, I got I got to promote something really quickly here. I keep forgetting to do this. Um, people, do you know Paul Verzi? I'm telling you right now, he is one of the best fucking comedians out there right now. That guy fucking murders, murders, and he's I've been uh, I've been friends with him for about oh Jesus Christ since 2005, 16 years. All right. Love the kid to death, and we've been doing a podcast called Anything Better that's available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are available. Please listen and subscribe to it. Um, those of you unfamiliar with Paul Verzi, you can go back. He was a guest on my podcast, I think the first time, my good Lord, I don't know how many years ago. We were doing this run through Canada, and I asked him what he'd do with the time machine, and he said he'd go back to the Revolutionary War, and he'd bring an Uzi with him and single-handedly defeat the British and then turn to George Washington and say, you're welcome. All right, that's the kind of person I'm dealing with. Uh, no, he actually, he's, a, he's, uh, he's actually a very smart guy who understands how to live life. You know, he was talking on the podcast the other day about how he loves eating lunch by himself and just chilling out and watching the breeze, like moving the trees, you know? And I just was thinking like, God, I wish I could do that. (laughs) I wish I could shut my brain off and do that. You know what I mean? Everybody's running around, 
trying to go from one fucking social media platform to the next one. Like a bunch of club kids back in the day in the meatpacking district, you know, where they just would, they just go from club to club to club, and it's all the same people, but just with a different background. And every, oh, this is the place. This is this is the cool place. This is where I'm going to find happiness, you know. Or you could just sit there eating a sandwich, enjoying nature. I mean, that's pretty. Uh, it's pretty fucking deep, you know. So. Um, that's how we got the name of the podcast. He would say shit like, is there anything better than chips with a sandwich? You know? We still fucking laugh. Like, dude, you anything? Yeah, there's a lot of things. And now I get it. Paul Verzi is here to remind us how to be happy. <laughs> and he's doing a podcast with one of the most miserable cunts ever, myself. Oh, don't say that about yourself, Bill. Um, so anyway, I went out to, um, we went out to dinner in uh, this Italian restaurant called Felix Trattoria. I hope I said that right. Um, and a long time ago, it seems like, everything seems like a long time ago, anything before COVID, there's a chef out there, Ethan Funk, and uh, there was this really cool documentary on him called Funk, F-U-N-K-E. Um, he's a master chef, and it was about him. He was going, he went to Italy, and he was hanging out with all these old women over there that have been making pasta by hand their whole life. And they actually have shapes that are dying off, like almost like a language. And he went over there to learn from them because I guess a lot of the younger Italians, because you just go buy pasta and, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not shitting on younger Italian people. I mean, we used to churn butter out here. We don't do it anymore, right? There's a lot of stuff we used to do that we don't do anymore. We used to pump. Oh, no, somebody used to pump your gas for you. What am I talking about? Um, anyway, um, so this whole documentary is about the art of making pasta by hand, hand-rolled pasta, and then the different shapes and actually why they are the shapes that they are. And um, my wife and I watched that documentary absolutely mesmerized and I think it was right before the pandemic and we was like, oh my God, we have to fucking go to that restaurant. I have to taste what that pasta tastes like. I mean, if you're into food, I'm telling you, you got to watch that documentary. So um, anyway, we went there. I took her out there on Saturday night and had one of the great meals of my, of my life. First of all, this bread, I don't want to ruin the experience if you're going to go there and stuff, so I don't want to say too much details, but this bread that came out was like from another fucking world. And we got these flowerette things. I don't know what the heck. Some, I'm not the best remembering the names of things, but it was just the appetizers were incredible. The pizza was fucking unbelievable. One of the best pizzas I've ever had. And we just got the margarita. Uh, did we get a margarita? We get, I think we had some, some sort of pepperoni on it or something. Um, and then we both got pasta dishes and the pasta dish that I got was a, a sausage dish and the pasta that came with it almost looked like those little, you know, when Reese's peanut butter cups are like the minis, it almost looked like that, but they didn't have the ridges around the side. And I remember the documentary, like every pasta has a shape for a reason. And as I was mixing this thing up, that thing was scooping up all the flavors and a little bit of of the sausage. And then as you, as you 
getting like I'm hungry right now. As you put the fork in it and everything, you'd get all the other stuff that he had in these fucking tomatoes. I don't even know where he got these little tomatoes that were in there. That it was just heaven. And I I ate like a pig. I just fork, I fucking ordered everything. I ordered a, a, a pork shoulder. Once I saw pasta, it said a secondary or whatever. I'm like, well, I got to go full Italian and order the whole thing. This pork shoulder was just out of this world. And then, like, by the time, by the time dessert came, I was so stuffed. Like, I was just like, I, we, we can't. We're going to have to do it next time. And um, they're like, you got it. You got it. And then I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, the kitchen just sent out. Come on, you got to, like... Classic Italians, right? Fuck you. You're still eating, okay? I don't care how full you are. <laughs> they had this dessert. It was like a pudding, a butterscotch pudding with this cream on top and a little bit of salt in it. And I have not had butterscotch pudding since when I was a kid. And my mother used to buy those Swiss Miss. They had the chocolate and they had the butterscotch. And at first, I was all about the chocolate. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This butterscotch is the shit. And this was the gourmet version of that. And uh, I will tell you this. I would come back to that restaurant just for that. So it's called Felix Trattoria. F-E-L-I-X-T-R-A-T-O-R-R-I-A. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. But, um, oh, my God, was that an amazing meal. And my wife ordered another pasta that was, uh, it was a... uh, I think it was just lemon and pepper. And it was just, I just kept saying, I, I can't eat anymore. And then another plate would come out and I was just like, I have to try that. <laughs> and then I would eat it and then I would just finish it off. And um, I'm recording on Sunday. That was last night. I was so full, I didn't eat till noon today. <laughs> and I wasn't feeling like I was fasting or anything. I was just so full and satisfied when I left there that I didn't even give a fuck that we got stuck in this brutal traffic. There was some sort of accident. You know, people always looking at their phones. Hopefully everybody was all right. Um, and I, I basically, I spent the whole weekend with my wife and uh, I only snapped one time and was, I only thought it was a little bit, but she said, no, no, that's still registered on the Richter scale. Um, I, I actually gave two drivers shit, but I was funny about it. We pulled in and we were trying to go to some store. We had to get something for my mother-in-law for Mother's Day. And as we pulled in, this person, you know, I was waiting, clearly waiting for the spot. And somebody went around, came around the other way and took my spot. Just a total fucking little dirtbag move. And as she was sitting there, you know, waiting to pull in, I went by her and both our windows were down. And as I went by, I just went, but I wanted it. (laughs) Right. And the second I made the B sound of, but she jumped and I felt bad, but I committed to it. I was like, oh man, I actually started. She goes, you can have it. (laughs) It's like, no, good. So we pull up and now, you know, it's one of those parking garages that for whatever reason, it has those numbers. Like there's 117 spots this way and you get there and you're still fighting for a fucking spot. I don't know where all those spots are, but you're still fighting for a spot. So I'm pulling in 
and I see a spot opening up, and there's this fucking jerk off trying to get into a parking spot. And he's waiting, and he can't do it, he can't do it. Then he sees another one opening up, and then he decides to wait for that one while blocking the one. Right? And then and I had my window down, and it was perfect because it echoed. The second I could tell he was making that decision, I just had the window down. I just went like, oh, my God! And I saw his head turn back and look at me and he took his foot off the brake and he fucking inched forward so I could get <laughs> so I could get into the spot. So now I'm thinking like, oh fuck, now this guy's gonna get out of the car. What the fuck's gonna happen? But he actually stayed in the car. I think he thought I think he thought I was a fucking lunatic, which I am, but I'm not like a violent person or whatever, but um it worked. I didn't curse and my wife laughed both times when I did it. She like laughed almost like embarrassed. So, um, and I, had, I just had a really great weekend with my wife. She didn't see me snap. I really have my temper, uh, is just like downgraded. I think it's downgraded finally after all these years of being Hurricane Bill. I am now Tropical Storm, you know, and I want to get all the way down to like, you know, you could fly a kite in my anger. <laughs> You're on the beach just enjoying yourself. Oh, he he just gets fussy sometimes. Um, and then I'll really let out all the frustration. Don't worry, guys. I'll, I'll keep the anger in my act. But in my daily life, I, I, I can't hand, have it. Like, I actually found humor in something the other day where, uh, you know, we got a little splash about pool in our backyard. You know, do a cannonball in it. You'd break your tailbone. Not bragging. But we, we do have a pool, all right? And um, so, I, you know, it's, a, it's still, like, costs like a fucking zillion dollars to heat the fucking thing, right? So uh, I never heat it, and I always just go in, fuck it, you know, but, like, you know, I got kids and shit. I don't want to stick my kids in an ice-cold fucking pool, right? So I got this solar tap for the pool, which works unfucking believable last summer it was like it was working so well i was getting like sick to my stomach like this is too hot this is like jacuzzi hot and i'm trying to swim in this fucking thing right but um i noticed you know I, I had it on this year and it's not working and i'm like what the fuck and i went on i went on the internet i'm like do i have it like wrong side down and it's like no bubble side down this is what you want to do so i was doing it and it's just not working. And then I, I, I read somewhere as I was washing it off, trying to clean the thing. It says, keep it out of direct sunlight when you're not using it because it will damage it. And I'm just like, it's a fucking solar panel. It's a solar pool cover like it lives in the sun. You know what I mean? And evidently you can't have it out the whole fucking time. Or else it damages it. So now the thing is just this useless giant piece of fucking plastic. And I'm like, what do I do with this? How do I dispose of this? Because I know this fucking thing. If I throw it out, it's going to end up in the ocean. And it's going to be the size of a little pool floating around. And I, don't, I just don't want that to happen. I, you know, I'm actually really excited that there's all of this stuff out there about 
they're really there's a pushback on plastic and everything. Like those guys, Liquid Death, the bottled water that I drink now, it's canned. A big looks like a giant tall boy, like you're drinking booze, like a beer or something. Um, I'm I'm liking that these younger companies are really taking a look at that, and I I really think that um, the next geniuses. You know, the, the 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 next Albert Einsteins and whatever from this generation coming up, they're going to solve this shit or they're at least going to be working on it. And I think we're going to turn it around just in the nick of time. I have to think that because I got kids so friggin' young. So, um, and I think that there's going to be a pushback from old people who are used to making money the old way. And I think eventually, I think, I'm hoping eventually that it's going to, it's going to stop. Because what in the fuck do you do with an old pool, uh, solar pool? cover what the fuck do i do with this thing i feel like i just gotta stick it in a trash bag and just keep it on my property is like permanent trash because i'm not gonna throw that fucking thing out um because i wouldn't want that thing just floating around out there it's one thing if they stick it in the ground that's bad enough i like to think the worms can get around it but every time it ends up in the fucking ocean it's way that's way worse i think anyway um so uh, I have so much shit to talk about. I don't even know what to get, uh, where to go here. Um, one thing I do have to do is give a shout out to uh, rest in peace, Tawny Katane. Um, just an absolute icon from my generation. Uh, the videos and all of that. And I actually had the opportunity. I met her one time. I didn't even know it was her. And I'll tell you, this is, this is, how amazing she was in the two seconds I met her. I did the improv down in um, Irvine. And I guess she lived down in Orange County and she came out to the show. Um, I didn't know she was at the show. And in the end, I was selling my DVDs. This is how long ago that was. And as I was standing there, like one of the first people to come out was this woman was with, you know, two two women came out, right? little bit older than I am and uh she came up and shook my hand just as she was passing by she said hey great show really funny and kept and just kept walked out you know just kept going right and like she shook my hand it was like fucking electricity I was just I I was you know was like what the what the fuck was that and she was just gone I remember seeing a club owner I go I go who the hell was that is that like the mayor down here there's like she's got like Whatever that was has the fucking it factor like I've never seen. And he goes, oh, that's Tawny Katane. And I ran around, Tawny Katane, Tawny He goes, from all those White Snake videos and all that, I go, oh, my God, that was her? He goes, yeah. I go, holy shit. I mean, that was like, uh, I don't even know where to put that as far as like icons uh, uh, meeting somebody of of like, that was like, I have a few things like that. One time I was on Jeff Garland, had a, uh, a an improv show called The Combo Platter or something like that. No, that was the game he played in the end, Combo Platter. platter and there was four chairs. One person would stand up, start a story, and then somebody could stand up and interrupt. And then you just fed off of each other. It was a big improv game. It was fun as hell. We did it at UCB. And Jeff was uh, friends with the late great Robin Williams and he came down that night and he played the game with us and I remember he was sitting next to me and the usual spacing of two chairs next to me and as I was sitting there 
you know, his arm hair was touching my arm. <laughs> and I remember he had made so many fucking jokes over the years on uh, Live Aid about how hairy he was. It was like he was wearing like a fucking turtleneck sweater or something. And like when that arm hair touched my arm hair, I was like, oh, my God, I grew up not only watching this guy, listening to listen to him doing bits about this. I was like, God damn, he is a hairy son of a gun. Same thing. And when his, that happened, I remember just thinking like, what the, like, how the hell did I get here when my paths crossed with this person? But like, it's the same. He had the same sort of like that, just that star power type of thing. And uh, anyway, but passing, Tawny Katane passing, that is a huge one for my generation, um, as you could see as she was trending. So uh, rest in peace. Um Really sad, sad, way too young, 59 years old. Jesus Christ, I'll be 59. I'm going to be 53 in June. So that's a scary one. Not only sad, but scary to somebody who's fucking almost 53. Um, all right, what else can I talk about here? Um, I saw, uh, you know, I've been on this Mickey Rourke going back, watching all the movies that made me love that guy. I watched uh, Pope of Greenwich Village. Then I watched Angel Hat. And then uh, over the weekend, I watched Year of the Dragon, uh, directed by Michael, uh, I hope I say his name right, Chimino. I think that's how you say it. The way it's spelt and the way you say it, Chimino, I think is how you say it. He actually passed away recently in the last couple of years. He was the director of um, The Deer Hunter with De Niro and... uh, uh, Christopher Walken and all that stuff. So I was like, I didn't, and I didn't know that he directed this thing, but he directed, um, interesting backstory on him. I was looking this up. He directed the deer hunter and he won best director and best picture. And then his follow up, heaven's gate, um, was this huge box office bomb. And according to what I read, it stopped the whole director driven movie thing, movies for a minute. Where like for before the revolution came, studios not only picked the movies to be made or whatever. I mean, I guess they still do. They got to green light them, but they had final final cut. They edited the studio, edited the movie, not the director. And then all those badass directors, which I should know more of their names, but I don't. The '60s came along, and that's when you got all those amazing, amazing movies. Um, Stanley Kubrick probably being my favorite of all of them. Um, I guess this movie tanked so bad that they used it as an excuse to kind of shut that down, which I don't really think so because there was still those big time directors when I was, you know, growing up in the eighties. You know, and he had, Tarantino came around in the early 90s. So they they were like around, but whatever. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. But anyway, uh, and then I heard what years later, now people go back and they watch Heaven's Gate and they go, that's actually a good movie. Uh, just sometimes when a movie has a big budget and this buzz starts going, that's not going to be good. I think you fucked before it even comes out. Back then you were, uh, there's a lot of movies like that where you watch and like, what are they talking? This movie is actually a good movie. I'm not saying it could have made all of its money back, but it's, it's not as bad as they're saying it is. Um, so anyway, um, this guy, Michael uh, Cimino, 
also made this movie, Year of the Dragon, with Mickey Rourke. And uh, as far as violence goes, I give it a 10. Great gun sound. Uh, great gunfights in it and shit. It's got the classic 80s where a car, you know, goes into a... They, there's one thing, this guy gets shot through the back window. They cut to his face. It blows his brains out. He's driving a late 70s fucking Camaro. It goes into a brick wall and just fucking explodes. Like, did, did, did was this thing modified where he put, like, is the engine in the back and they put the gas station, a gas station, a, a gas tank in the front. It's, it's so ridiculous how much it blows up. But... um Aside from Mickey Rourke, the two performances that were amazing was uh, John Lone, who played the, uh, the uh, so I guess you would say the, uh, the anti-hero. I don't, know how to say, I don't know how you say all this shit. He was the head of the, the triad or whatever. He was like a mafioso dude in Chinatown, and uh, he was fucking amazing in it. And his character was badass, like the young guy who doesn't want to do it the way the older guys are doing it, and he wants to move faster than they're moving. Um, and then, But the performance of the movie was this woman, uh, Caroline Kava. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. She is fucking amazing. I thought she stole the movie, absolutely stole the movie. Her performance in that thing, uh, basically when her, her marriage is on the rocks with Mickey Rourke, that scene... At all of her scenes, but that scene, I mean, I, I, I can't believe uh, she didn't get some sort of supporting role nomination for that. So shout out to her. Um, I looked her up. She's still doing it. She's teaching people how to act. If you get an opportunity to get taught by her, man, my God, if she was that good that long ago, I can't imagine all the knowledge she's had since then. So um, really enjoyed that movie. And then I watched a dateline with my wife who really has to come on here and start talking about these things. She's going to, she's making me go to bed watching these movies about these fucking horrible people. Most of them are guys. And, um, I went to bed last night and I had, I had a dream that a friend of mine got murdered. So I had to call the person today to make sure they were all right. But I didn't tell them that that's why I called because I didn't want them to, to think a piano was going to fall on their fucking head. So anyways, I, w- I was watching this one where, once again, it's, it's a married couple. They look happy as hell. They got the sweaters on, the family photos. They got three beautiful kids. Everything's going great. And then I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, the marriage starts going south. And it kind of sounded like he was a bit of a bum, right? Like he didn't want to work. Like he had a part-time job. And his wife had three jobs, okay? He was a Mr. Mom. He worked part-time. He talked her into buying some huge, you know, them, but really her, buying a a hugely expensive house. And I'm sitting there watching this scenario going, gee, that scenario sounds really familiar. It's just flipped this time. It's usually the woman's working part-time. I'm not saying all women. Everybody fucking relax. In this scenario, like, women do that all the fucking time, you know? You know, they work their little 15 hours a week. We need a bigger house. I need more space. And then they get you to buy the fucking thing. You're working three fucking jobs, blah, 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 blah. And then they drop the fucking divorce papers on you, right? And then, you know, they're working. They're not making nearly as much money as you are, so you're going to pay child support. Well, this 
fucking dirty bastard. He tried to make the court system work for him. This motherfucker, he worked part-time. His wife's slaving away three fucking jobs. She buys an expensive fucking house, okay? And then he slaps her with divorce papers while she's at work teaching in front of the kids for maximum pain. Really sadistic, right? And uh, then he goes to court and he, he tries to pull the chick move like, I, I only work 15 hours a week and I'm used to a certain lifestyle and I want the kids and I want her to pay for this big expensive house. And you know what the judge said? He said, hey, fuck you, buddy. Get a job, you bum. Not only do you have to go out and get a job, she's staying in the house. She's getting the kids and you're going to fucking pay for it. So he was living. All right. And I got to tell you something. As much as a piece of shit as this guy was, I got to be honest with you. He had a case. He had a case. Because the law stated that they would go back three years and they would look at the income of both people and determine, you know, whoever was making more had to pay the other one child support. Right. Or uh, not child support. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, alimony. Wait, child support. Right. So. This guy said, oh, is that how the game's played? And he set himself up. And this judge circumnavigated, as far as I can tell, without a law degree and even knowing what fucking state they were in, circumnavigated the fucking laws and said, no, because you're a man, this ain't going to work that way. Ain't going out that way. Okay? And this guy got so fucking mad. I mean, he was obviously already a, 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 a psycho. He snapped and he fucking killed his wife in a brutal, brutal. He stabbed her like over 50 fucking times. I mean, just one of the most horrific fucking things ever, right? Um, but he said he was sleeping on his mother's couch, all right? And she made a statement that she heard the sound of the door opening and closing at around three in the morning. But then when they were going to finger him for the murder, because uh, they couldn't find a weapon or anything, he, he, she recanted that statement. It was like, you know, I don't, I don't remember. I can't fucking think right now, right? So she covered for him. And this motherfucker didn't go to jail for like 14 years, right? But his hell was not over. Okay, because he painted himself, oh, she nags and blah, blah, blah. I love that shit, she nags. Well, then fucking divorce her. Fucking idiot, right? So all of her friends were like these Bible Belt people, and they were like sending him scripture, saying that he was going to go to hell, and the truth is the way to repent, just doing this shit. So he had to move away. And he essentially got away with it. But then the guy fuckhead that he is goes out hunting with his brother and he has a couple of they said he had a couple of beers right i don't know if these were bud talls or what he had two beers and then he confesses the whole thing to his brother they're sitting on a bridge he's like duh you know remember uh your sister-in-law and the guy's like uh yeah and he's like yeah he goes he opened the bag and showed the murder weapon. He goes, this is how I finalized the divorce. And then takes the fucking knife and throws it 
in a creek, not even in a river. I don't know how deep a fucking creek is, but it's definitely not a river. He throws it in the fucking river. He tells his brother, throws it in the fucking river. So then his brother goes home and he goes, Ma! Hey, Ma, you home? She's like, I'm upstairs. And he comes up, he goes, Hey, Ma, you remember, uh, you know, so-and-so's first wife? She was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, well, you know, fucking Mikey said he killed her. And she goes, oh, Jesus Christ, could you do me a favor? Could you not tell anybody until I'm dead? I swear to God, this is a true story. I'm just sitting there watching this shit going, this is what my wife watches before you go to bed. And I am just sitting there thinking of, oh, by the way, the wife that the guy murdered was laying in bed weak because she donated a kidney to somebody she worked with. And he waited until she was fucking weak. And and and, f- and he just came and she knew that he was going to fucking do it. And he, I just can't imagine. I'm sitting there thinking about the horror that she went through. I'm thinking about that mother finding out that her son, when she kind of knew it anyway, finally realizing that she raised a fucking murderer. And that she, on her deathbed, has to sit there, you know, she's got that love for her son that she can't fucking turn him in but knowing she should have. And then it's like, now do I go to like half hell? Cause I didn't do, and I'm sitting there going through the emotion of all this right before I go to bed. I don't know why my wife, but I'm literally starting to look at my wife. It's like, is she trying to fucking figure out how to do the perfect murder? I mean, I know I'm difficult to work with, but this is making me fucking nervous. Right? So anyway, these cops fucking amazing. They go and, and the scuba divers, they drag this river three fucking times. They're about ready to give up, and all of a sudden it snags on something, and they pulled up that knife. I mean, what are the? I mean, this is years later. They found this fucking thing, um, and then they went down and they fucking arrested the guy. And the cop took a picture and sent it to like the woman's best friend, the deceased woman's best friend. Said, "Look who I got in the back of my cruiser." So I mean, it's like, all right, so it has like a happy ending, but I still went, and then they like, you know. They got one of the kids on there who has to find out that her dad murdered her mom. It was just fucking brutal. And I'm watching this whole fucking thing right before I go to bed. And then the comedian me is also like the brain's going like, you know what's fucked up about that is like, if they did that, if they did in court to a woman what they did to that guy, she in some way would have been able to use that as part of like, you know, I wouldn't have snapped if you treated me equally and would have somehow figured out only getting 15 years. <laughs> so here's the thing. I have learned that a lot of my anger comes from the fact that I don't feel like anybody's going to listen to me because I came from the sit down and shut the fuck up generation. Here's a key. Let yourself in and out. You know? So um, I, I have since learned that all... like. Most of the times, if I just say, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to tell, although I don't know, I kind of like it. I can't even say that. I've actually gotten into the Real Housewives. I finally just sat and watched them with her, and I kind of got into the soap opera of it. So now I I actually watch the shit. But I think I'm going to tell her uh, and just be like, listen, not for nothing. I had a dream last night that one of my good friends got murdered. 
And I woke up feeling like I had to call them because all of a sudden I felt like that short lady in Poltergeist, like I knew something was going to happen. Can we tone down the fucking... uh... And plus, I don't like going to bed watching a married couple with their beautiful family photo and then seeing one killed another and this is what we're watching and then we're going to go to bed and I got to fucking go to sleep with one eye open being like, why the fuck does she like watching this shit so much? I actually asked her because I was like, SNL did a whole sketch on this. I guess that, I mean, I, I guess maybe predominantly the viewers are women. I have no idea, but my wife actually broke it down really in a cool way. She goes, well, you know, as a woman, you got to worry that something violent is going to happen to you. So I watch those things because I try and think what I would have done to prevent it. And I was like, you know what? Uh, that's a fucking great reason to watch this shit. Um. Having said that, I I don't want to watch it. <laughs> so, um, anyway, that was my fucking weekend. Uh, let's 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 read a little advertising here for the. Uh, oh, I got a couple here. Uh, Roman. Okay, hey guys, we got big news. Your favorite men's healthcare brand, Roman, is now available at Walmart. Congratulations to them. They got a big deal there. Roman's non-prescription products have got you covered with everything from sexual health to everyday health. Uh, your well-being is important, and taking care of it should be simple. So now you can add to the cart, uh, add to cart IRL. I don't know what that means. All you kids probably know what that means. Roman now available at Walmart. Uh, we're in your area. Let's go take care of it. Sexual health Roman condoms are now are new and exclusive to Walmart. You won't find them anywhere else. Designed ultra thin and uh, lubricated for pleasure and FDA cleared because safe is sexy. Over the counter OTC medication. Roman swipes are an easy, discreet way to delay ejaculation. If you're busting enough too quick, you know, you put that on, numbs it just enough. All of a sudden, you're a mini porn star right there. Probably shouldn't have said mini when I was talking about the dick region. And increased sexual stamina. They're fast acting and your partner will enjoy them too. No passed along desensitization if uh, you use as intended. Dietary supplements, doctor formulated with 23 nutrients. Roman Daily is a multivitamin that is optimized with ingredients to support men's health and over, over, overall well-being. I love that people finally figured out that guys need to be healthy too. This is like this is taking care of everything. Uh, Roman's team of in-house doctors create this unique high-quality supplement to target nutrition gaps in men with scientifically backed ingredients ingredients and dosages. Remember, supplements are not a replacement for a healthy diet, exercise, and good sleep. you still got to eat your greens and, and get your steps in. Yeah, God knows that. Uh, since Roman Daily is a dietary supplement and not a drug, any mention of benefits of products cannot allude to treating, diagnosing, curing, or preventing a disease or condition. Benefits or uh, efficacy? How do E F F I C A C Y? Statements should be kept to general maintenance of. Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be saying. Oh, this is like tips for me. Don't say it fucking cures cancer. I wouldn't. Uh, visit your local Walmart store today and check out Roman's, uh, Roman's line of men's healthcare products. That's Roman men's healthcare products now at Walmart. All right. Oh, look at this one here. Hey, guys, spring is here. You got to take care of your lawn. That's where Sunday, 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 Sunday comes in. Take care of your lawn this year. 
Be the greenest on the block with Sunday Lawn Care. Dude, you can't have a brown lawn. You have a brown lawn, people think you're going broke, people start driving by whispering, they're going to lose the house. I think they're having problems. When was the last time you saw her? This reminds me of a Dateline episode. Just keep it green, if you know what I mean. Oh, it rhymes, so maybe you'll do it. Sunday is more than just a lawn care product. It is a custom lawn care plan with a variety of ways to help you grow a beautiful lawn, control weeds, and remove pests. They take out all of the guesswork and unwanted chemicals so you can grow a beautiful lawn that's better for people, pets, and planet and the planet. If you tried Sunday add-ons like weed control, seeds, or pest control, share your experience. Were they easy to use, and what were the results? Well, I live in a desert, so I don't really have a lawn. Uh, but my buddy Paul Verzi used them, said it works great. Uh, is, is this your first time getting serious about lawn care? Lawn care? No, I, I don't have a lawn. Sunday makes taking care of your lawn easier than ever. Uh, you can go to Sunday.com, put in your home address and their free lawn address analysis tool took care of the rest all in just seconds. Sunday uses soil and climate data, uh, to create a tailored nutrient plan so you get all the stuff your lawn needs and nothing it doesn't. Sunday is made with ingredients that you can actually pronounce, like seaweed, iron, molasses, so you can grow a better so you can grow better and feel better about it. Look at that. This is like all natural way to grow your lawn. You won't be killing other animals, little rodents that get eaten by bigger animals. The next thing you know, the mountain lion in your neighborhood is sick. Uh, Sunday explains exactly what you get and why, and everything is waiting at your door when you need it. All you have to do is attach the ready-to-use pouch to a garden hose and spray. I mean, it doesn't get any easier than that. Lawn care used to take up your whole day. Now it takes less than 15 minutes. Best of all, this stuff really works, and your grass will look better than ever. Let's uh, let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit GetSunday.com Burr to get 20 Dollars off your first custom lawn plan and check at checkout. That's twenty dollars off your first custom plan and get sun at, at get Sunday. GetSunday.com slash burr. I mean that'll make your wife happy, right? Nice green fucking lawn. You're out there, you know, she thinks you're slaving away. You what'd you do? Huh? Did a little porn star action. Sprayed all over it. You walked in the house, sat down and watched the end of the Knicks game. Fucking Knicks are not losing. Watch my Celtics. I watched the third quarter of the Heat beating up on us, but I guess we came back. I'll tell you how fucking amazing the talent is in the NBA. For some reason, they want to stick it on two teams. But, like, that kid Duncan Robinson, the level of that, how good a shooter that guy is. Like, there's so many guys that are, like, borderline Larry Bird good, and they're, like, I know that guy's known, but, I mean, he he, if he was that good in the fucking eighties, like he'd be on the cover of a cereal box. He'd be the best guy on the fucking team, basically. And he isn't. They got Jimmy Butler. All right, Gen Z is fucked, says somebody. I was actually complimenting that generation after uh, the millennials. I thought that uh, the millennials, you know, they got a lot of shit dumped on them, and I I don't know that they even got to enjoy uh, being young. All these fucking older people after they went around and did all the shit that they did. I don't know what they did. They over they babied them. I have no idea. Uh, Gen Z is fucked. Or maybe it was because the uh, the way baby boomers were raised. Did baby boomers have millennials? I think they did. 
as did my generation, but I just waited so fucking long. Gen Z is fucked. Hello, Billy the Bob Bag. Burr. Um, I was listening to your most recent podcast, and the guy that I was talking about Gen Z, what? Okay, I was listening to your most recent podcast, and the guy that was talking about Gen Z being a bunch of pussies. Um, I don't know. They seem pretty cool to me. I'm also a Gen Z cunt, and I'm beginning to see this Molly Coddling of st- stupid. You spelled stupid wrong. And oversensitive cunts more often. Maybe you spelt it wrong on purpose. I am from Scotland, so our cultures are a bit different. However, I see my fellow Gen Z compadres on Twitter all snowballing onto this bandwagon of being dim-witted pussies and expressing ridiculous opinions. Well, I just think that's, that's a symptom of social media. I see, you see older people. You want to see older people do it? Go on Facebook. They're doing the same thing. That's just, I don't know what it is. I, they, I'm sure that scientists are doing a study on the effect of um, social media on your, your own mental health, your ego, and all of that shit. So I wouldn't put that all on just Gen Z people. But anyways, uh, what's becoming popular among these cunts in the past two, three years is being a cool hipster anti-capitalist commie with no good patter whatsoever. Uh, I am in no way saying that the capitalist countries we live in are a utopia. However, I'd have to say after just knowing the history of communism, it's probably not the best idea to start a fucking revolution anytime soon. Well, do you really think they're going to? They're not. They're just taking on a personality. You know, I was the fucking, uh, well, not until I got older, but I was like the conspiracy theory guy. Reading Behold a Pale Horse and all of that shit. Uh, These fucking spastics are now also, oh, spastics. Ooh, coming from uh, Scotland. That's an edgy word. Not supposed to say that over there, I thought. Are now also doing what they proclaim the big dad capitalist oppressor has been doing to the people for the past century by shouting down any opposing opinion and labeling them as racist, sexist, and the rest of it in the name of free speech and freedom. Uh, I nice one, you bunch of fannies. I wish I could say that in a Scottish accent. Um, I hate to tell you this, dude, you're putting this on a generation. There's liberals my age that are doing the same thing. Um, they are unbelievable liberal they are unbelievably liberal as long as you, you see the world exactly the way they do. And if you don't, they try to figure out a way to take away your career. Um, anyway, I'm not what you would call right wing or left wing in any way because politicians are a bunch of arseholes. And I'd rather not side with any of the cunts. Anyway, sorry if this was a bit long. I just wanted to give my two cents on the matter. Hope you're going well. You're doing well and can come to... Scotland, Glasgow for some stand-up as soon as this lockdown bullshit's over. Uh, kind regards and go fuck yourself. Yeah, um, listen. I, I know that, that that cunt that you're talking about is a new breed of cunt, but I want you to know that that transcends generations. That that person is uh, is in the park, you know, where the parents are watching their kids. There's that person... They're kind of everywhere. The social justice warrior, um, who I really believe most of what they do is not actually for people of color. It's so they can talk about it amongst their liberal white friends later to say the amazingly brave thing that they did. 
the tweet that they put out or the thing that they said that they didn't tolerate. Like that, that's how deep they go into actually solving, I guess, all the racism in the power structure is they, um, they take a firm stand on things on social media and then they get back to their white lives. Um, all right. I don't know how to say this word. Kombucha. A nice alternative to boozing. Hey, Bill, uh, put you through that fucking space wall burr. Oh, nice. A little F is for family and Mandalorian reference. Uh, Greetings from a fellow fucking ginger. I love when a fellow redhead writes in. Uh, Nice work with the sobriety. I wanted to share something that helped me cut down on the booze. It's called kombucha. Hope you haven't heard of this. I've heard it in a writer's room used as a reference, but I thought it was a coffee or something. If you if you have, feel free to toss this email in the trash. It's fermented tea, and it's super healthy. It has living bacteria in it, so it's great for your gut health. Think yogurt. It's a solid alternative to beer. I'm old enough that I would try this. I drink it when I'm gambling. I'm gaming, sorry, with my buddies and don't want to drink alcohol. It's got the right fizz and gaseousness, so it makes me feel like I'm drinking something with some substance. Oh, by the way, at that restaurant, too, I ordered an orange soda that they made, like, homemade. It was fucking unbelievable. Um, anyway, it does have super low alcohol, 0.25 or minus 5% as a, as a byproduct of the bacteria, but you don't feel it at all. All right. You don't have to... You'd have to drink 10 to, to equate one Miller light. There's a ton of flavors. I like the, the honey. If you get some, swirl it. Don't shake it. Uh, the thing will erupt like a freshman on prom night. Hey, nice run. That's a, that's a decent joke. I figure it might be uh, of some use to you. Cheers and congrats on the wonderful family. Thanks for all the laughs and insight. Hearing you acknowledge and work on your anger has been a big help for me to do the same. Cheers. Well, that's nice. I hope everybody does that. That's why I'm not into cancel culture. I've made every fucking mistake you can make. And I think that like, as long as you're trying to be, as long as you look back on yourself five years ago and be like, what the fuck was I thinking? Why did I say that? Why did I do that? If you have some sort of shame looking back at yourself five years, I feel like you're growing as a person. (laughs) But this whole fucking thing, going back into somebody's past and being like, aha, what is this about? It's about being a human being and being wrong in that moment. Is that one moment what I am? Because I've done some good things. Why can't you just look at the one good thing I did seven years ago? And then, aha, that's that's who he is. Give him a Nobel Peace Prize. I'm all of it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, socialism. I, Bill, you redheaded fuck. <laughs> I really appreciate the bluntness of that. How How are you? Um, last week you mentioned uh, you don't know why people demonize socialism. Um, I was really taken aback at that statement. Oh, Jesus Christ. Every country that has tried socialism has failed, and it's responsible for tens of millions of deaths. All right, so would you say capitalism is working? And is It is not, uh, you know, when like, what is it, like 99% of the wealth is in like fucking 2% of the people's hands? All of these tent cities, you're telling me this is working? You don't think capitalism is responsible for tens of millions of deaths? Um, 
Anyway, Russia, Germany, China, Cuba, and most recently, Venezuela have tried or right now are socialist countries. Um, As far as I know, whatever Cuba was trying to do, we prevented them from doing with a fucking embargo or whatever the hell we did. We've been fucking with them for 60 years. So I think you're looking at like, you know, like what a lot of people do is you look at your own country through rose-colored glasses the same way you look at your own sports team, like, oh, my team doesn't cheat, but your team does. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't think any form of government works because there's human beings running it, and there is inherently going to be backdoor deals and people, you know, just with, are just going to have the in, and they're going to pay off politicians and all of that, okay? Um I do, what I do like about this here is that you have the opportunity to move up. You're not stuck with where you're at. But I mean, you're you're really you're really sort of looking the other way with what capitalism has done to other countries. Um, all the sweatshop labor, all the wars we've fought in over air quote freedom, where most of it is about you know natural resources. All of these fucking countries where we've gone in and, you know, stuck in heads of the government that are going to do what we want to do so we can fucking take advantage of them. Like, I mean, to sit there and look at capitalism like, like it's, you know, I don't know, dude. But once again, I don't even think you can blame capitalism on that. I think you just can blame sociopathic people that both crave and ascend to positions of power. Um, all right, I took off my Birkenstock, so I'm going to read, read the rest of this here. Okay, socialism all starts the same way. Create a boogeyman like corporations, the rich, or a race. Oh, yeah, we've never done that in the, this country. We've never created a boogeyman. <laughs> we, yeah, there's never, I mean, Jesus Christ, buddy. Blame them for all your problems. Yeah, we never did that. The leaders then promised to fix all the problems. Oh, boy. Slowly, the government starts to control every aspect of your life. Why does this sound so familiar? Promise that every... I mean, aren't they, like, recording all our phone conversations now? Uh, we're slowly on our way to getting microchipped. Uh, promise that everybody will have the same e- equity and outcome. This creates mediocrity, loss of the middle class. Loss of the middle class? Where have I seen that before? Uh, of innovation, uh, punisher. You know, corporations are buying houses now. They're just buying them up so they can fucking Airbnb. Like literally, the American dream: buying a house. They're going to take that away in this country. Uh, that reduces the tax money coming out into the government, buddy. I can't fucking read all of this horse shit. This is everything that we're doing too. Capitalism. Okay, I'll get to the end here. Capitalism. Now, you know what? Let's just read all of this because it's fucking hilarious that he's acting like none of this is happening in this country. Um. Uh, and you know what's funny about people? You don't like it. Get the fuck out of here. This is my favorite thing ever. Yet you can look at your sports team and be like, what the fuck is this coach doing? And then nobody goes like, you don't go fucking root for somebody else. No, I'm criticizing it because I love it and I want it to win. Uh, anyways, this creates mediocrity, uh, loss of the middle class, loss of innovation, punish the rich, which eventually leads to them leaving the country. Oh, yeah, that hasn't happened. That hasn't, yeah, the rich haven't like, you know, their money leaves the country and then comes back in the form of an interest-free loan that is then forgiven. Jesus, buddy, come on. 
that reduces tax money coming into the government and loss of jobs because the richest people usually employ the most of the population. Oh, boy. Disarm the citizens so that they can't, cannot revolt. Control the media like promoting the government. Control the media. There's two guys that own the media, Ted Turner and fucking uh, that other guy there, the guy from Fox News. Um, that's why we're Hatfields and McCoys right now. Disarm the citizens so they cannot revolt. Control the media like promoting the government agenda with propaganda, then censorship of all their other ideas. Yeah, creating areas where you can only protest, which are down and around the corner, away from the uh, the fucking media. Yeah, okay. Eventually, all rights are taken away. Dissenters, journalists, and politicians, oppositions are jailed or executed. Eventually, the leaders will be, uh, become exactly what they originally campaigned against. Jesus Christ, buddy. I, I, I've, I've forgotten what you're... He goes, there's much more to it on an economic level, but as a fellow moron, it's too complicated for me to understand. All right. I am also a fellow moron, but dude, all of that shit has happened. If you look at all the rights and everything that you have lost in the last fucking 20 years, um, I don't even know. I don't even begin in, in creating a boogeyman and racism, genocide, every, we, all of that shit. We've done all of that. We've done all of that. You know, when I was a kid, there was rules on media ownership. No one person could own any seven. It was rules of seven. No one person can own seven radio stations, newspapers, TV stations, blah, 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 in, in one market because they knew if you control, if you owned all of that, if you control the media, you control thought. And yet they've let Ted Turner and that fucking, uh, uh, I want to say Ralph Neighbor, Rupert Murdoch, do exactly that. And present CNN and Fox News have the fucking balls to present the people that are on TV as journalists and then also acting as though you're watching news. You're not. You're watching propaganda. Okay. So there you go. All right. Okay. Transgender fan. Hey, all right. Look at me crossing over here. Hey, Billy, I've been listening to uh, the podcast since I was 16. I'm 22 now and I've enjoyed every episode, especially during quarantine. I'm a violinist, sculptor, and a trans man. Look at you. Uh, definition in the next paragraph. Thank you. And have been wanting to write in for a while. After hearing you read the letter a fan sent in about his trans friends attending his wedding, I thought now would be the time. Oh, beautiful. All right, let me do the recap. So this guy was um, getting married and not one but two of his friends that he was going to have be groomsmen either had transitioned or were in the process of transitioning. And he was like, am I an asshole if I don't want him to wear a dress? Okay, that was the question. So me knowing nothing about the subject, that didn't stop me from answering it. That's in, the I believe, the previous or two episodes ago. Um, all right, so now we're going to actually hear from somebody uh, living the life here. First off, I do want to clar- clarify that by trans man, I mean I transitioned from female to male. Oh, fuck, okay. I didn't get that. <laughs> I thought trans man meant you went the other way. Okay. In, in, in instrument rating, that would be reverse sensing uh, on a VOR uh, for all you pilots out there. In short... I'm a he. In your response to the fan that wrote in, you said that transitioning seems like a massive emotional process, and you are exactly right. Hey, look at me. Look at me. Not bad for a cis white male. 
Uh, when I describe the experience, which I do openly to create a dialogue for people who are generally curious, I often say that transitioning is not an option, but more so the only option for, for most people like me. Let me ask you this. Before you totally committed, was there any doubt like, okay, I, I hope, because I mean, I hope I'm doing the right, I hope I'm getting this right. Because I can't tell you how many times I've misread my feelings. I mean, it, but the, the stakes were not that high. That's like fucking, you're going all in with the chips, so to speak. Uh, anyway, he goes, imagine you wake up one day with boobs and are, ha- and are expected to wear heels. After the novelty of having, of having 24-7 access to tits wears off, it fucking sucks. Let me read this again. Imagine you wake up one day with boobs and are expected to wear heels. All right, now, wait a minute. I thought you transitioned from a woman to a man. I mean, I, mean, I transitioned from female to male. Okay. It says, imagine you wake... Oh, maybe she's, uh, he's putting me in this? I don't know. Imagine you wake up one day with boobs and are, have, and are expected to wear heels. After the novelty of having 24-7 access to tits wears off, it fucking sucks. Nobody chooses to go through all of that trouble of being alienated from friends and family members on a whim. Well, there you go. You just answered my question. For me, if I wanted to have a future post-high school, I had to make this step, and I have avoided a lot of further mental dissonance, dissonance thanks to the scientists and surgeons who advocated for trans medicine. And yes, I will always trust the opinions of a scientist over a politician. Fair enough. As the wedding scenario goes, I can guarantee his trans grooms were just as conflicted as him. I also came out right before a relative's wedding and was given an ultimatum of, you either lie about your identity if you want to remain a part of this family or you won't be welcomed back into our lives. It's just fucking, can you imagine your family saying that to you? I ended up playing violin at their ceremony for free and never getting invited to another family reunion. Wow. That is really fucking sad. I'm sorry that happened to you. Uh, Hopefully, uh, Jesus, in the near future, that doesn't happen. How do you disown a fucking, your own kid? I, I don't get that. I don't get that. I mean, I draw the line of, you know, hearing my kid leave and then getting charged with the, at night and covering for a murder. <laughs> I mean, there are lines. Um, yeah, you do some dateline shit, you know. I mean, you're kind of out on your own. But I'd still visit you when you went to jail, and I would be like, where did I fuck up that made you do something like that? Um, anyway, personally, if I were asked to be a bridesmaid before coming out as a guy, I would I would have stepped down because... I don't want to be the one guy in a traditional, traditionally female role. I'm betting this guy's trans grooms people felt similar. I have to fucking do the math on that. I would have stepped down because I don't want to be the one guy in a traditionally female role. Uh, I don't know what that means. I'm betting this guy's trans grooms people felt a sim- similar. I hope you guys understood what that meant. I didn't get that one sentence. Okay, and here's where the rant opens up. All right, here we go. Taking the gloves off there. All right, a lot of trans people are are, are really pissed by the false and performative allyship the far left has dumped on us with little work to back their claims up. 
Yeah, it's a fucking show. That's what I think so much of that liberal social justice fucking horseshit is. It's just for you to put on a little performance on your social media page. And people can be like, oh, wow, you're an ally. Here's your little rainbow fucking emoji. And then you can just go back to living your life and you're not getting your hands dirty. Um, It's like those white people that marched with Black Lives Matter as they were live Instagramming themselves. Like, look at me. I have a bandana on. I'm a fucking revolutionary. And then after that, they just went back to their life. (laughs) Got CrossFit in the morning. Um, We are identifying more as independents because we've experienced hate from the right and tokenism from the left. Oh, yeah, you get used. I mean, which is worse? At least, I mean, I know the hate, if it escalates to violence, is bad. But at least if somebody's just straight up says how they feel about you as opposed to just using you. Um, Anyway, I think a lot of your jokes about trans people are actually more about performative cis people. I don't know what cis means, who are using trans issues for votes because they know we are a very vulnerable group. Uh, Well, they kind of do that with everybody. I guess that's the only positive way. Politicians always do that. They're always fucking looking for some fucking angle (coughs) for themselves. Anyway, but not all. They're not all bad. There's got to be some good ones in there. Trans people just want to live a normal life, start a family, and not be claimed as a political pawn. I was at my lowest depression before I started hormones and got my chest masculinization procedure. What chest did you go with? Are they good enough that you can pick one out? Because personally speaking, uh, you know, I would would go fucking Matthew McConaughey. Um, But here's the thing. You know what's funny is if they actually get it down someday where you could do that, all of these fucking people who are like anti-trans and all of that shit, if they find out that you can actually get a Matthew McConaughey chest and they're looking at their fucking man tits, they might do it. You know? I got the McConaughey. You know? You know, right before they fucking put the fucking gas on your face, you have headphones. And the last thing you hear is Matthew McConaughey going, all right, all right, all right. And you wake up with a chiseled, tan chest. Um, that'd be fucking hilarious if I did that as a redhead and my chest didn't match my, the whiteness of my head. Then I have to go reverse Michael Jackson, you know, do a reverse bleaching. Um, anyway, let's not make this about you, Bill. Anyway, he says, uh, he says uh, I haven't left the house in weeks. I hadn't left the house in weeks and nearly dropped out of school. Since transitioning, I'm happy, back on stage, volunteering, writing music. That's great. Teaching violin students, running my small business. There you go. Don't work for somebody else. And I have, have met someone special. Ah, look at you. I know I'm from an outside perspective being trans. I know from an outside perspective being trans seems crazy. If you knew the thunder and lightning between my fucking ears, I don't think anybody's crazy. I think it's fucking crazy to uh, go through life and not think that you're kind of fucking nuts yourself. You know, walking around thinking you have it all figured out. I think that that's fucking crazy. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, you know, like shit freaks me out without a doubt. I'm not saying this shit, but I will tell you when, when Bruce became Caitlin, there was definitely, you know, a what the fuck moment. Now I'm used to it. But what was weird about that was 
if you were like me, you weren't for some reason allowed to have that what the fuck moment, um, which is one of those things that the left is like psychotic with. It's like you you, you got you got to let everybody kind of go through their emotions as long as they're not hurting anybody. They're pro- you're processing it. That's all right. So anyway. This person says, I felt the same way until I realized I would always be, ang- be an angry, sad person if I had stayed in the closet. I started listening to your podcast the same month I came out back in 2017 and have not been offended by the jokes about trans people. Contrary to what the far left or right wants you to think, trans folk have a pretty thick skin and we're no strangers to having, having to advocate for our rights. I've been doing a lot of work on undoing the anger I built up over my teenage years and listening to your show has given me laughs when I needed them the most. Thanks and go fuck yourself. Wasn't that great? Look at me, huh? I'm going to make that whole fucking thing about me. You know, the appeal of me is just really amazing. And you guys, I just want to say as a podcast justice warrior. um, All right, so if anybody is listening to this, and your kid is gay and they came out and you disowned him. Can you, can you not do that to him? That's such a fucking horrible, horrible thing to do to somebody. Um, it really is. It really is. It's like, you know, just try to be, uh, you know, just fucking work your way through it. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. That happens to me with one of my kids. I mean, it's you just be who the fuck you are and don't be a fucking asshole to other people. That's all I ask. Can you just do that? Great. All right. You're cool with me. Okay. Sign stealing equals joke stealing. All right. Hey, Billy Velocity Blue Balls. Oh, Velocity Blue Balls. Oh, that's the Ford Velocity Blue, which they're discontinuing in the F-250 in 2022. Uh, just wanted to reach out and see if I could change your perspective on the Astros sign stealing scandal, because honestly, every time you talk about it, I want to punch you in the face. Oh, do you? I don't give a fuck. Uh, so that being said, let's have some friendly discourse. Oh, well, you let me off the hook. Um, the way I see it, the Astros using electronic video equipment to steal signs is very similar to comedians stealing each other's jokes. Oh, my God. This is almost like you took something that wasn't in my world and put it in my world. By golly, I think it's going to take two more sentences, and I'll come around to your opinion. All right. You really think I'm dumb, don't you? Uh, More specifically, if you apply the arguments defending the Astros to defending joke thieves, it's easy to see the hypocrisy. Oh, is it? You sound like Gwyneth Paltrow, like I'm reading her cookbook. It's all easy. Okay. Imagine me, someone who doesn't know jack shit about comedy, saying everyone is stealing jokes, but people only hate that comedian because they got caught. That is just like you saying someone who doesn't know jack shit about baseball, saying everyone is stealing signs, but people only hate on the Astros because they got caught. Um, yeah, but for this theory to work, every joke Every comedian would have to be stealing jokes. They're not. Okay, that's the difference. Everyone is stealing signs in baseball. That's why they have signs. That's why they fucking switch up signs. That's why in football they hold up the card with the fucking picture of the Eiffel Tower, a donut, 
and, and, and fucking uh, Michael Douglas because people on the other side are stealing signs. Okay? Contrary to your analogy is I can do my act in front of 99% of fucking comedians and not have to worry about getting my jokes stolen because 99% of comedians do not steal jokes. But I will continue with your analogy. Um, and I like how you're ignoring the fact that the Red Sox and Yankees had $200 million roided up free agent teams and won a whole bunch of World Series. But evidently, that was okay. Um, and you're going to get these guys on sign stealing. Uh, well, that'd be like me saying, well, that comedian was funny enough to sell out MSG anyway, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't. This analogy doesn't work, but I'll continue. I don't understand how you can be so outspoken against joke stealing, yet still defend cheaters from a different profession. I'm not defending cheating. I'm not defending cheating. What I'm saying, sir... Which, which I think is hip, hypocritical, to use your word. And when I use this analogy, I think it's just going to be really easy for you to see. Okay, is that for people to not look at teams that field $180, $200 million teams that had like future Hall of Famers on it that they got from other teams that were doing steroids and not question those champions, those, those, those World Series rings, but then be like, oh, these fucking dirty Astros is a joke. So here's my thing. If you're going to call them cheaters, you got to call all of them cheaters. That's my shit right there. Because my thing is I believe that the same way I feel Barry Bonds was a victim of the steroid era. Where he was the best guy. He was the guy. He was the guy that if anybody was going to break the home run record, he was the guy that was going to do it. And then these other guys took steroids and became better than him. And then next thing you know, the president, Bill Clinton, is calling them. Congratulations. It's amazing. You must be getting a lot of pussy. Right? He's calling them. So then Barry Bonds, and no one did anything about it, so Barry Bonds is like, all right, if that's how the game's played, fuck it. Here's me on roids. And then everybody's like, oh, Barry Bonds, you fucking piece of shit. I think that's ridiculous. So I think it's ridiculous to fucking ignore what some of those bigger teams, Red Sox and Yankees and all of those guys did with those fucking super ridiculous budgeted fucking teams. And the fact that not only that, like not, not, not that was so fucking unfair. Forget about that. They had the money that they could do that and then just pay a fucking luxury tax. And, and then fucking... Nobody gives them shit. Nobody says they were cheating. And then the Astros come along. They get busted for stealing signs. And they're, they, they're like this secondary market team who can't hold on to their fucking stars because these other behemoths are vacuuming them up. So they go, all right, fuck it. We got to steal signs to compete with you. And then they do. And then I'm supposed to feel bad for the fucking Yankees? Or if they beat the Red Sox, I'm supposed to feel bad for us? I don't. I don't. I would say that what the Astros did is when you go to jail, you're not supposed to make a shank, but everybody's got one. So in order to survive, you got to make one. Okay? So going back to your, your analogy there is your analogy is acting like every comedian steals jokes. They don't. 
Your analogy is acting like everybody in baseball and professional sports isn't cheating, and that's not the truth. It isn't. People get busted all the fucking time, pumping crowd noise in. Owners sitting on competition committees, changing the rule of the game to fucking make it work for them. The NFL, the whole fucking NFL, whatever the latest, most high-powered offense is that's working, everybody steals it. They break it down, figure out how it works, and then they incorporate it. They don't come up with their own original offense. They do the same things with defenses. I mean, I could go fucking on and on about it. So um, nice try with the joke-stealing thing, but uh, no pun intended, swing and a miss. All right. Diamonds from cremation. What the fuck? Dear Billy, better oneself. My girlfriend recently shared something with me that immediately made me think of you. Apparently, there are companies that will take the ashes of your loved ones and convert them into diamonds. I was wondering what your thoughts would be on this. Would be as some women appear to be turning their dead husbands into jewelry. I immediately thought of my kids. It's like, if you can find value in my fucking burned up carcass and it makes your life easy, he, he goes, does it ever end, Bill? Is it ever enough? That's so fucking funny. That's a fucking killer stand-up bit. You should go do that somewhere. Anyways, oh, wait, we all steal jokes. Now I'm going to do it. Um, I'm a longtime listener, and hearing you make efforts to better yourself over the years has been great big fan and keep up the great work all right well you know i hope i'm inspiring you guys to do the same um because it is i can't i i gotta tell you i feel the best i've felt since um i don't know in my adult life that i actually finally for the first time am starting to have control over this thing that was really embarrassing to me and really hurt people around me which is my anger and um it's funny. If you go to therapy and you really get to the root and you really just fucking let it all go and figure out why you're angry, all of a sudden you look back on, I don't know, however long you've been angry, being like, that's why I did this. This is why I did that. Oh, I did this. What a fucking asshole. That's why I drank the way I drank. All of this shit, it's like the end of a fucking movie. Uh, more like a streaming series where they, you find out who fucking did what, right? So... um it's been a great thing for me, and it's been an even better thing for the people around me. So, uh, yeah, that's it. All right, people. And with that, go fuck yourselves, and I will check in on you on Thursday.